This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 19th, 2021. The lights of Christmas, the light of joy. Well, good morning, Connection Church. It is so great to see you here and online. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Two things. If anybody follows me on Facebook, yes, Devin and I were in New York City yesterday, and we were celebrating Devin's birthday, so we had a blast, and it is so good to be here today. And thank you, all of you who have signed up to help out for our three Christmas Eve services. We are so grateful. We want to be able to welcome people with radical love. There is just one area where we're a little short by a person or two or three, and that's in the nursery. So uh, five o'clock or seven o'clock. If you can see Amy, our new children's director, woohoo. See, Amy, if you're able to help out at any one of those services on Christmas Eve, and thank you ahead of time for that. All right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you made. It's a day that you knew in your mind's eye that we would all be here or online. Settle us in wherever we are. Help us have laser focus on what you would want us to hear. From your Holy Spirit. And so we thank you for today and for all days. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. So joy. <clears throat> Try that again. Joy. <laughs> Find joy in its derivatives about 242 times in the uh, New International Version of Scripture. About the same number as last week's word, peace. Uh, um, it kind of makes sense because they seem to go hand in hand, as we'll see this morning. 242, that's a lot of joy. It's a lot of joy. So let's take a look at what this joy is all about. So for many, joy and happiness are synonymous terms. When you say joy, you might mean happiness. Happiness, you might mean joy. And that could be true in the day-to-day -day secular world. In fact, when we turn to Webster's, in the dictionary for definitions of those two terms. Check this out. Joy, a feeling of great happiness. Happiness, the feeling of pleasure and enjoyment because of your life situation. It feels like we're just running around in circles. Yeah. So in the everyday world, they are rather <clears throat> interchangeable. Not so much when we uh, look at Bible world, when we look at church world, when we look at Christ-centered world. Here's what Sarah Kuntz writes in her article, What is Christian Joy? She shares this, Christian joy is more a state of being than an emotion. It is the result of choice. The result of choice. Joy is the fruit of a right relationship with God. It is not something we can create by our own efforts. Joy is the fruit of a right relationship, right relationship with God. That reminds us of what the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the church at Galatia. 
you might be familiar with this particular scripture, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Fruit of the Spirit. It's like a healthy tree bears healthy fruit when we're healthy in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And those spiritual fruits become evident. Joy is one of those fruits. And so is peace. We talked about peace last week. Kuntz says that joy is a result of choice. Now you're like, really? Yes. Joy is a result of choice. We can choose to be joyful. Choosing to live Christ-centered lives. Choosing to bear fruit of joy even when life turns upside down. Mm. And actually, when we choose to live Christ-centered lives, it's it, 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 like automatic. That's the fruit of that tree that comes forth, that joy. And so from this perspective, then we find happiness is more of an emotional state, one that is fleeting based on circumstance, based on surroundings, conditions, feelings, while joy is a state of being, not necessarily swayed by what's going on around us, but based on our relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Like the peace we talked about last week, that peace that transcends all understanding, the joy that we talk about this morning, this joy comes from a right relationship with God the Father, this joy that comes from a fruit from the Holy Spirit, this joy that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This joy is not dependent on, on how we are feeling, not influenced by our highs and lows, not dependent on the moment, because the moment can change very quickly, can it? And how we Feel changes very quickly from one moment to the next. As John Piper shares in his article, How Do You Define Joy? He writes this, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul. That's deep in, in the soul. It's not in the surface. It's deep in the soul, produced by the Holy Spirit as he, the Holy Spirit, causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. When we look in the Bible, in the book of Acts, Acts is in the second half of the Bible, was written by Luke, and it tells us about the acts of the apostles, the disciples that went on to share the good news throughout the region. That's why we're here, because of the acts of the apostles. Well, in chapter 16, the apostle Paul and his sidekick Silas, they were doing the work of the Lord. Now, there's a lot of detail going on about that, but we're not going to get into that particular thing. The result of that is that they were brought before the magistrate who ordered them to be stripped and flogged for doing the work of the Lord. Following that, they were thrown into prison. They were put in an inner cell, not just on the outside, but on the inside, like extra security. And their feet were fastened in stocks. They were closely guarded. And now we're up to verses 25 through 28, Acts chapter 16. Mm. About midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Hallelujah! <laughs> the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. So I don't know if that would be your reaction if you were in an inner cell. And Wouldn't be mine. And But wow. I mean, they had been really, it was terrible. And here we find them singing hymns at midnight. <clears throat> Paul and Silas were full of joy. True joy. Real joy. Joy of the Lord. And they had to be full of peace as well. Peace and joy really do go hand in hand. It's hard to have one without the other. We talked about the peace that passes all understanding last week when we talked about the light of peace. It is that joy and peace that allowed Paul and Silas to not escape when they had the opportunity and just figure, I mean, they, there was a prison, there were a bunch of prisoners, none of them escaped. Pretty incredible story. And had they escaped, the jailer might have lost his life. Instead, um, he didn't. And then he asks Paul and Silas this. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? You see, he saw something different in these men. That's true for us. When Christ is in us, have you ever had a situation where people are like, hmm, what's different? Or have you ever had that where you've seen somebody with deep, deep peace, deep, deep joy, and you're like, wow, I want a piece of that. I want some of that. Well, we're told that Paul and Silas told the uh, jailer to believe in Jesus, he and his household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and others in his house and then the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately we read that the jailer and the household were baptized. Their expression of being all in, their expression of faith. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household were baptized. Hmm. So the jailer was filled with joy because he came to believe in God, the joy of the Lord. That happened because Paul and Silas were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, because Paul and Silas expressed joy and peace at a time when most people would have been anything but joyful and peaceful, having been beaten and severely whipped, imprisoned, and basically inner security, and then held in stocks. Most people wouldn't be singing hymns at midnight. They would have been saying bad things about the situation, you know? Here's what Sarah Kuntz, uh, we quoted earlier, here's what she writes about this. She says, although joy can naturally arise from happy circumstances, 
There are many reasons for Christians to rejoice. You see that word's got joy, rejoice. There are many reasons for Christians to rejoice even when life is full of suffering and difficulty. You see, we, we rejoice because God has delivered us from sin through Jesus Christ. We rejoice because God is good and right and just. We rejoice because God invites us to be in his family. Yeah. So I'd like to share something with you that actually came into our email box um, right after we preached last week on peace. We do have permission to share this, and I'm actually thinking maybe I should put a link in so you can read it for yourself, because I'm only going to read a portion of this testimony. So it's front and back, and I'm, I'm looking at a picture of a beautiful little girl <laughs> with curly blonde hair and a beautiful smile. And here, this is written. I can picture Linda as a toddler with her teddy and pocketbook full of toys sitting on her blanket in the kitchen while I made breakfast. Invariably, she would be sucking on the second two fingers of her left hand, <laughs> her forefinger on one cheek, and her pinky on the other, <laughs> her thumb under her chin. One day, when Linda was three and a half, she came in from playing outside for lunch. As I removed her jacket, I noticed many bruises on her arms. You may know where this is going now. Worried, I made an appointment for her to see Dr. Brown, our family doctor. There was, some, there was testing done, lots of testing done. And at the end of a very long day of interviews and tests at Graduate Hospital, we were shocked and devastated to hear that Linda had acute lymphocytic leukemia, which was incurable. The year was 1964 when the average child with leukemia died within nine months. So she goes on to write about the different treatments, there was bone marrow treatments, there was uh, spinal injections, all kinds of things. And they also went on to say that they believed in miracles. The mom and the dad believed in miracles. And they sought miracles. They sought going to places where their little girl could be healed. They sought the community of faith. We are not promised that when we pray for healing, we will always experience a physical cure, but we are promised we will receive God's salvation, God's peace, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So here's where this was about in response to the peace sermon from last week, but I said that peace and joy go hand in hand. Listen to this. We praise God that Linda's first complete remission lasted for nine months and that she lived for 19 months. We praise God that except for three, except during three hospital 
confinements to receive medical treatment, she lived a normal and painless life. So when I'm thinking about joy, if this were my kid, it would be hard to say, I praise God for, or I, I would want to, I really want to, I haven't been faced with this yet, but this is a powerful testimony to me that even in the midst of the worst, you can still trust and know that we can have joy. It might not be laughter. We can have joy in our tears. And the joy is this, that we're grateful for our salvation. We're grateful that Jesus came to save us. If everything else is going upside down, we can still have joy because we know that we know that we know that he's on the throne. We know that we know that we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We know that we know that we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Even when life turns in this horrible way. We praise God. We praise God. They looked at the what God was doing versus what God wasn't doing. And they praised God for the ultimate healing of their daughter, Linda. So I'm not going to look out in the congregation because I don't want to catch your eye, but I want to thank you so much for sending us this testimony and for being a witness to me that you can still have peace and joy during the best of times and the worst of times. Thank you for letting us share. Yeah, Jesus never promised that he would change the road or that he would uh, take away all the obstacles in our road, but he did promise that he'll walk it with us, didn't he? Yeah, he'll walk it with us. So it's Jesus that brings us this joy. Back to the, um, to the scripture. Back to Luke. Luke chapter 1. After God's angel Gabriel told Mary that she was highly favored. By the way, if God ever tells you you're highly favored, you're on high alert because you got, you, got, you got some great adventures ahead, let me tell you. <laughs> After uh, she was told she was highly favored and that the Lord was with her, that she would carry God's son conceived by the Holy Spirit. The angel then shared that her relative Elizabeth, who was old and unable to have kids, <laughs> was unable to conceive. <laughs> She's six months pregnant. Hello. <laughs> so Mary went to be with Elizabeth. And, and, when, and when she entered the house and greeted her, the baby in Elizabeth's womb, by the way, was uh, John, John the baptizer in her womb. The baby in her womb leaped for joy upon hearing Mary's voice. Isn't that wild? And Mary broke out in song. It's a song that, um, that popularly is known as the Magnificat. Now, I won't sing because then our joy would be gone this morning, but I will just share the lyrics of the, or the scripture of the Magnificat. This is Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, 
For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. His, um, sorry, I lost my place there. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. See, here's the thing. When Jesus is in the picture, even while he's still in the womb, there's a cause for celebration. There's great joy. And so that's Luke chapter 1. We're now moving to the very next chapter, Luke chapter 2. And it's a familiar scripture to us. It's when Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, David's city, to register for the census as decreed by Caesar Augustus. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, it's not the first time that, is, that section of scriptures we've shared at this season, and we'll be sharing it again. Uh, I know we're going to be sharing it uh, next Sunday as well, because it's just so chock full of valuable stuff. In this case, good, new, good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. For who? For all people. All people. As Paul shares in an earlier section of Galatians, uh, we were at 5 before here in 328, he says this, in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, no male or female, for in Christ we are all one. All one. The good news of great joy is for all of us, each and every one of us. And so the question is, what is this great news of great joy? Well, it's a single word, a single person. It's Jesus. That's the good news of great joy. Jesus, Emmanuel, we use a lot at this time because that means God in the flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, the Messiah. That's the Hebrew word. The Greek word is the Christ. The English word is the anointed one. They all mean the same thing. Jesus is born. <laughs> we have a, our oldest granddaughter. When she was much younger, she did a Christmas show at church. And her line was, da-da-da-da, the Christ child is born. <laughs> That's what we got here. Da-da-da-da, Jesus is born. God has left heaven, and he's come to earth 
to meet us right where we are. He loves us right where we are, but too much to leave us there. He meets us in our pain and our sorrow. The one born that night in Bethlehem brings the light of joy to this dark and lonely world. And it's Jesus and Jesus alone where we find our joy, our true joy, our only joy, our heartfelt joy, our soul-deep joy, our freedom from sin joy, our new life in Christ joy. As Sarah Koontz, who we quoted earlier, as she shares, as Christians we have access to God's joy even when we're experiencing sorrow, trials, persecution, or calamities. The source of authentic, consistent joy is found in Christ alone. And so we get to the point in our message where we ask the question, what about you? What about you? Do you know this joy that we're talking about? Is that joy able to carry you through the wonderful times and the easy times, but also the really, really hard times? Because we're here to tell you that that joy is available to every single one of us, whether you're here, whether you're online, because Jesus came for the world, not for some not for a few, not for certain people who are especially good, for everyone. God came, Jesus came to save the world so that we might know that peace and joy that is available to us all the time. And when life does take its twists and its turns, and there's heartbreak, and there's sorrow, and there's sadness, and there's really, really, really hard things that we have to deal with in life, because that is indeed life. When we're not feeling the joy in the situation, we can still feel joy because of the salvation, because we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, and it's in that and that alone that we can be joyful. And that and that alone will, in fact, carry us through, no matter what. So I don't remember when I, the day I said yes to Jesus, but I remember moments where in 10th grade, I felt this chill down my uh, spine, and, and it kind of scared me, so I pretended it didn't happen for a while. And then I get a little bit here, and I can remember where, where God met me in this situation, and I can remember where my heart was healed in this situation, and I can remember where I got through in this situation. And God is unfolding your story, just as God has and is continuing to unfold my story. So every day, I'm encouraging you to wake up and choose joy. Choose a relationship with Jesus every day. If there's anything today that's holding you back from that, if there's anything today that's a joy buster, let's just leave it here. Let's leave it here, the foot of the cross, leave it here. In fact, if somebody could go back to that prayer corner, um, then 
looks like Amy's going back there. She can pray with you any situation in your life and just pray a spirit of peace or joy so that you know that you know that you know that God will carry you through. Open yourself up. Recognize that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Invite him to take residence. I like that. Make home, make a home in your heart. Make residence and pray for the light of joy for your soul. He is the good news of great joy for all people born to us on Christmas Day in the city of David, Christ the Lord. That's the gospel. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the example from cover to cover where people, your people, can express joy in the midst of circumstance. And we're reminded, Lord, of how even before Jesus was born, the, the Mary and how the baby leapt in her womb and she experienced and proclaimed a joy. I can't even imagine that, but wow. And how the angels pierced the darkness and gave the message, Jesus Christ is coming. So help us, O oh God, not keep that to ourselves, but share the fruit of the spirit of joy that it's just deep in our in the cells of our body so that people will be drawn to a relationship with you. Help us, Lord, go tell it. Go tell it that Jesus Christ is born. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.